You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, from the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Spartacus After Show. All right, all right, all right. Oh, yeah, everybody. Bing is for doing, and here we are doing another amazing AfterBuzz TV after show for your favorite show. That's Spartacus. That's right. So I'm your host, Sean O. Unfortunately, Spicy Mari, she is off tonight. She is out chilling somewhere tropical. If you want to find her... Yeah, sad face. So if you want to find her, go ahead and look at her tweets at spicy underscore Mari. You can also find her at um, spicy underscore Mari on Twitter. Excuse me, that was Twitter already. On Instagram. Sean, you can play with her Twitter. You got to get it right. Uh, Yeah, you can play with her Twitter. Hey, I'm not spicy, Mari. I can't say that stuff. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to encourage other people to play. I don't want to take... uh, res- responsibility for saying play with Spicy Mari's Twitter. So true. That is true. My wife might be watching right now. Uh-oh, mine too. All right, never mind. <laughs> You're married? I didn't know you were married, Martin. Yeah, but let's oh, get to oh, it. Oh, right on, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, but I didn't... Okay. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, you can, of course, just hit us up on Twitter, of course, at AfterBuzzTV and Facebook.com slash TV. And uh, for those of you who want to call in, 424-256-1729. And we might have um, one, of our, one of my Twitter followers call in this evening. So anyway, let's, let's get to it, man. This was an amazing episode. Lots of fight scenes. Big things that happened. Crixus and Spartacus separate their forces. So they, they end up moving you know, beyond. Well, one heads for the Alps. The other ones go for Rome. We'll talk more in depth about that. Also, uh, we had uh, we had Caesar get raped by Tiberius. Who would have saw that coming? Oh my goodness, Martin! Would you? Did you? That think- was not cool. Was- Once those two big guys held him down, I was like, "Oh no, Dude, what is about to happen?" I thought they were gonna maybe behead him or or cut off a limb, but not that. Jeez, they did, that was worse than doing that stuff. Apparently, it's a sign of power or something. I don't know, but I was like. Oh, that's the worst way to probably humiliate him. Yeah, it is. And that's that's pretty much, that's what they do in prisons, right? I guess. I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> Neither have I, but I, I studied that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and, and lastly, Crixus freaking dies, man. Oh, gosh. I'm... I saw that coming. Like, I think we all knew he was going to die. Yeah. It was just a matter of when, but I wasn't mentally prepared for it. Yeah, I think, uh, man, I just. It was I, rough. It wasn't a very honorable death, too, but I'll talk about that more a little bit later. So pretty much, you know, the rundown of the episode is, you know, the, the big things that happen, obviously, the, the forces get separated. At first, there's a little bit of, of hesitation there. 
uh, Spartacus and and Crixus, they have a really they have a big powwow, and actually there, there's a conversation that happens between Crixus and Spartacus when Agron and Ganicus leave the room, and they're like, and pretty much Spartacus says, "Hey man, like you, I don't want to oppress you like the Romans did. You have the freedom to forge your own path, so go ahead and do it." You know, and uh, man, this is really. <laughs> I really want to talk about actually a lot of things that happened this episode, but I'm all just like, let's start off with the rebels. Okay, so one's going for the, the rebels leave the mountains, and there's there was an excellent and well done battle scene once again, and uh, the the coolest part actually of this fight scene, like right in the beginning of the episode, was Gannicus pouncing onto a horse bound Roman, and I thought that was really cool, really well done fight scene there. They always do these so well. They, with with all the oh Martin were you gonna say something? No, I was gonna say I. I that's funny that you said the Gannicus thing because I noticed that too. I was like, did he just jump off the ground onto that guy? With I was like, that was amazing. Gannicus is awesome. Yeah, man, that guy's that guy's a skilled warrior. <laughs> so uh, let, we jump a little bit forward. Um, the the rebels uh, extract some intel from one of the Romans. I think they get a number. I kind of missed it. But they get a number of, of uh, either the amount of Roman legions or maybe the location or something like that. We jump ahead a little bit. Metellus is demanding an audience with Crassus. They meet together. And uh, Tiberius is shocked. It, it seems like he's shocked that Sinuessa and Valley was supposed to be promised to him, but it's actually being promised to Metellus. Man, that was, that was like a big shocker to me. But you know what? I, he deserves it because that guy is a little, he's a little turd. And he doesn't, he shouldn't get a whole city to himself. He, uh, uh, Crassus actually ends up beating the crap out of Metellus. And, and that was, oh, we have a caller. So let's, uh, this is probably one of my Twitter followers. Uh, caller, uh, who, what's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Roxanne and I'm calling, I'm calling from what Bill, Michigan. Hi, Roxanne. How's it going? So what's your question? Well, you know what? I don't gonna feel gangster. Say say that again. Hello. Yeah. Is Gannicus gonna get killed? Oh, are you asking me if Gannicus is gonna get killed? Yes. Okay. You know what? That is a really good question. I feel like if you're asking my personal opinion, uh, I didn't read in history. I'm sure Gannicus did die in in history actually during the Servile Wars. However, dur- you know this is you know, it's a TV show. It's fiction. The way that Gannicus has been going about during this entire series, actually, it feels to me like he's gonna he might be able to survive this. I think that Spartacus, all the other commanders are going to be falling around him, but Gannicus may be the one who gets out of there because he's like the black sheep of the group. You know, he kind of is leaning. I'm not sure. I like Spartacus, and I, I'm definitely not going with Crixus, but you know, he he doesn't want to be a leader, so maybe that's what's going to spare him. Right, I am still outdone about um, Crixus. Oh. I can't believe that he died off like that. I know, I know, Roxanne. It was, it, he, you know, the worst part about it was it was such a dishonorable death. And, and he was so, he was so thrilling in battle. And he was so, uh, he gave his speech so well and so passionately. And just like Caesar said, he's a man filled with passion. But to be flanked, and like hit attacked from the side pretty much by Tiberius, the, one of the most dishonorable Romans, and then to be stabbed in the back by right. him as well, 
that that was just that was just awful, right? Yes, I, I'm still just like I'm still so baffled. I mean, because I just didn't even anticipate him dying. Not like that. I know, I know, not like that. I thought it was going to be Crassus or somebody else. But uh, uh, thank you so much for your call, Roxanne. Anyway, Ooh, let's. And thank you, but please, whatever they do, I don't want Ganagus to die or Spartacus, but I love Ganagus. I know, I know. <laughs> thank you so much for your call, Roxanne. So, yeah, uh,. Yeah, it would be a shocker for me if if Spartacus didn't die because you know historically he does die. Spartacus is dying. Yeah, he's good. yeah he's he's good. Spartacus is going to die. There's no there's no buts about yeah, this or about that. Exactly. There's no there's no way he's going to get around that. He but, can't cheat history. But I agree with you, Sean. I think Gannicus is going to be the only one that gets out of this. Yeah, I think. Thank you so much. And it didn't occur to me until like you know during this discussion. But that's that's where we find the best stuff. You know, we get we explore our minds through this open arena that we have here, and and for our fans, you know, don't forget, you guys can always partic- participate in the conversation. Go to iTunes, you know, give us a review. It only takes a minute, and rate and comment us. Give us five stars, and I think we already got five stars, right, Martin? But uh, I'm, definitely, I'm enjoying you know getting all the reviews and uh, tell a friend, you know, because it only takes a minute, and we have tons of tons of feedback from our fans and some of the feedback i got here let's see from our itunes page someone um oh montrez who has been following us uh she actually said uh oh we have a caller i'll get to her in just a quick second montrez actually said five stars a real tearjerker this episode brought back to the brought me back to the varro episode it was so sad i cried crixus should have listened to spartacus and what the hell is up with Tiberius just going around raping people? I can't wait to hear what you guys thought of the show. Well, we're talking about it right now, Montrez. Anyway, let's get to our caller real fast. Caller, you're on uh, the air with AfterBuzz TV. Where are you calling from, and what's your name, and what's your question? Hello? Hello, this is Daray. Hi. Um, what's your question? Um, I just wanted to call in and comment on the, on the Spartacus. A review show. Sure, sure. Go ahead. What what would you um what did you want to comment on in particular? Oh, oh, everything. Oh my God, Crix's death. I couldn't believe it. Oh my God, Sean. I talk to you all the time on Twitter. Oh, what's your ha- username? Uh, Old Midnight Love. OV Night Love. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad to actually be able to talk to you over the phone. Oh my God, I've been trying to call. Like, been oh. a little busy. Oh, that is. His death, oh yeah, my God, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was just so, I, know. I could not stop crying. Oh my gosh! You know what? I was actually, I, I wasn't crying so much during uh, Crixus's death. It, it was really sad, and you know, I was more disappointed in how he died because, like I said with our last caller, he did not deserve to get killed by Tiberius. And may, maybe that's what go, what's going to make it the best uh, vengeance. May, maybe we're going to yeah, see Tiberius. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I think you tweeted that at me, right? That's probably going to be the best thing that's going to that's going to come out of all this is that we get to see Tiberius get his comeuppings later on. Yeah, because we know it couldn't have been Caesar because Caesar doesn't die, you know? Yeah, that's... that's Caesar a... doesn't die this, you know? Yeah, so that's right. I, uh, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm sad, but I understand. How did you feel... And I think... How, huh? if, what are you I, if I could uh, interject, what, how did you feel about all the characters saying their goodbyes this episode? 
Oh my God, I was I was crying. I was just like, I know this is the end. It foreshadowed it so much, especially uh, in the beginning and him and Navia having their talks. And I think Navia might even be pregnant. Oh my I think gosh. I think that's why she was looking at that baby like that, because I think she figured that uh, she could never have that life. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I did see Navia, and, and I thought and I thought she was going to end up getting killed right after they killed him or before. Yeah, well, thankfully, I think you tweeted at me and you said something. Yeah, you did say Navia may be preggers. That's really funny here on your tweet. Um, well, thank you so much for your call, Derry, and uh, we hope to you know keep the conversation going with you on Twitter. Yeah. So, uh, all right, I had the call in. Um, Okay. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, yeah, of course. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I actually, um, I, I caught that where, where she actually, um, <clears throat> regarding what you were talking about there, we, we actually had, uh, I had, what was it? I took some notes down about that scene where Navia is looking over at that freshly born baby. And it was, it was like she wanted that life in a way. Like, even though she had to go for, try to fight for her freedom, obviously, and she was constantly constantly fighting after being abused and misused so much by the romans she kind of wishes and has a longing for another life and maybe that's what her goal is maybe that she wants to she wants to send more romans to the afterlife like she said but perhaps she was you know still a part of her wishes that she had it differently maybe that she wasn't there maybe she wanted to escape but she still ended up going with crixus so um back to what's going on with uh with the episode okay so crassus he beat the crap out of Metellus, and it, it showed how much he was losing control. Uh, additionally, we see that the rebels are constantly on the run, and how many of how much of their army has fallen? Which is a really good question. I, I don't think. know. Like, I don't know how many legions they have left. And how, when they descent, when they came down on Crixus, though, and all those guys in the valley, it still looked like they had a crap load of men, though. So. I don't know how much the Spartacus has made, necessarily made a dent in his army. No, yeah, but it, it just looks like their army is so massive still. Like, according, yeah, it's huge. According to history, it's got to be like in the in almost in the tens of thousands. I would say like between eight and ten thousand at this point. And how big was Spart- was the slave army? Oh, that was the slave army that I was talking about. Oh, it was yeah, Spartacus's army. Yeah. So the legions have to be... The legions got to be way, way huge. Probably huger. ten times that. I mean, I would assume. I wouldn't say ten times. I no? would say maybe like between two and four times the amount, judging by the numbers and how well organized they were. Yeah, that's true. But ultimately, when you know when everybody's fighting in those... Excuse me. When everybody's fighting in those battles, man, it just comes down to getting at the front lines. And it's almost like they're waiting their turn sometimes yeah. to, to take a stab at the enemy. Yeah. Which is it's pretty insane. Uh so there was a, it was really funny also how there was a lot more flirt, uh, not a lot, but a little bit of flirtation again between Castus, the pirate, and Nasir. But uh, you see that Nasir is like saying, hey, take your mind from that. I don't want you to, you know, flirt with me too much. I'm just helping you out because, you know, you're a comrade to me and that's it. And Agron, uh, a little bit later, he talks with Leita and he reveals that Spartacus likes her. And I, I thought, and she was shocked, and I was kind of shocked that he said it so plainly. Yeah, he put him on blast like that. I was like, hey, Agron, <laughs> bro code. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, bro code. By, well, mo- by modern standards, we got the bro code. Yeah, but, maybe. Yeah, but by back There's then, a guy code back then, probably. There was, there was a little bit back, be. back then. But uh, you know what? I feel like back then, especially in this, in this like, episode, dude, they feel like they're going to die. And that, they're, that was like their last night together, so oh, why not? Oh, yeah, for sure. Why not? 
Uh, a little bit later, Sparty ends up spotting Corey's tattoo mark, which indicates she is owned by Marcus Crossus. And uh, he he pities her, though, after he hears the story um, of um, of her being raped by Tiberius. And she he doesn't get the full details, but he's like, you know what? We're not going to turn anybody away. Let's go ahead and keep her here. And then the and, and Agron makes a really good point, And he says, oh, well, then she's free to be here and starve with the rest of us. And it was such a great contrast, actually, between that scene and the, the, their fade into the next scene, because it shows Tiberius and the Roman commanders eating and feasting and it's just three guys and they had they had this like huge was it a turkey or chicken or beef? yeah it was yeah i don't know either way it looked good yeah and then caesar walks in and he's kind of like wait how come i didn't get invited to this meal yeah exactly he, he had that look on his face yeah that's right martin he interrupts the meal and uh he says that he's he's really just concerned with how Crossus's behavior has changed so much and he threatens to tell Crossus about Tiberius's indiscretions with with Corey and even though he doesn't know exactly what's going on you know but the by the end of the conversation he pretty much knew that she got raped by Tiberius because he this just the way that Tiberius reacted to it it was just a, a dead giveaway and Caesar's poker face was impeccable so uh after uh, afterwards, there was a very nice conversation with Navia and Crixus, and it, it was a really endearing scene, I must say, where they they end up sharing with each other like how much they feel that that, that they're like bound by by blood now. And she she looks upon that new babe, like I was talking about, and it seems like she's wishing for a different life. Uh, later on, Spartacus he proposes that the two the the forces separate and divide, and that uh, they want to. I think they want to confuse Crossus in a way and divide Crossus's army because Crossus is obviously strong. He's got tons of money. He's got strategy. He knows, in a way, he knows the way Spartacus thinks. Didn't they want to um, separate it so that the women and children could kind of slip away and so that maybe he would focus on the army that was moving towards Rome or something like that? Didn't Spartacus want him to draw him away from the women and children? Yeah, I think you're right about that, too. That's, that's a, another good perspective there, Martin. Uh, he did, they did say that Spartacus's army contained more men and women in it. And what's actually interesting is I was reading online that there, even though Spartacus's army historically was huge, it contained like, you know, what, like eight to 9,000 people, many of them were non-combatants. They were, you know, they were pretty much, there were women and children among them. It's like, how could, you know, if, imagine, like, if there's one strong guy and he's got a family with him, you know, that's like a one to three or one to, like, one to five ratio where it's like, okay, one of the, out of these five people is a strong combatant. Right, us. and so everyone was just kind of like, well, I guess I gotta fight. Yeah. Because there's not enough men. Exactly, and we even saw that, actually, in the beginning fight scene where there was, like, a new blonde rebel chick fighting alongside yeah. them. Yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was pretty interesting. I want to know what, who she is. <laughs> so, um, anyway, that, that scene where... Um, and there was a scene later on where um, where they're talking, where Spartacus and Crixus are talking about dividing, and uh, there was a, it was really emotional actually because Spartacus he he was I kind of had like almost tears welling up in my eye during that scene, and it was um, oh it was actually during Crixus's monologue near the end of that scene 
where he was saying he's had such good quotes and i want to talk about my quotes uh in a little bit but uh it, and my heart was just shuddering when he was talking about that stuff about the how they weren't brothers and maybe they were brothers in a different life and he's like that life is this life and i was like oh god <laughs> oh yeah that was actually a little bit later but, oh yeah yeah, yeah. but we're actually kind of running out of time here because i really want to get uh Really want to get Barry Duffield on. Yeah, we really want to get to our guest list. So let me just wrap up pretty much. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about Tiberius and, and Caesar. Oh, my go- goodness. So Caesar ends up pretty much getting raped by by Tiberius. And it's it's a way for him to keep his mouth shut because there's no way now that Caesar is going to be able to tell anybody about what's going on with Corey, with her leaving, with uh, with wanting to influence Crassus to like bring the fight to Spartacus better there's no way and now he's on foot and <laughs> he was ordered into battle on foot and there he can't say anything he's he's just tight-lipped the whole time he can't time. sit on a horse he can't sit on a horse and i thought that was really interesting and uh, and i thought it was interesting too how during this episode Tiberius attacked two men from behind on three different occasions yeah, with his spear. With his, with his, right, with his little, yeah, with his tiny spear and with his long spear during. He the got Agron, didn't he, he get Agron? And did he get oh, Crixus he got, too? He got three. He, different He got Agron. Remember when Agron was going to fight Caesar? That's right. He got three different yeah, guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I hate Tiberius. That little crap. Yeah, I know. He's a bitch. <laughs> anyway, this was it was so shocking, and let's let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit to the end. So pretty much, uh, surely. Um, it was a nice touch how they didn't show Crixus like simply beheaded and how they showed it in Navia's eyes. And I thought that was a, a little bit better of a touch. And, uh, you know, of course, with the special effects, they're not going to make his head look the best. You, you know, it's never going to look perfect when it's coming off his head. And it, it would be a little bit gory because we love that main character. You know, he was like one of the commanders, the generals. We've seen him since season one, season zero, all the way to now grow and change from from nothing, from a common slave to a gladiator to uh, a brother, uh, someone contesting Spartacus at all, you know, at, at, at many different events. And now he was able to lead his own army and he, he had a good ride. He had a good fight. He had a good story. But unfortunately, he has passed now. Yeah, I didn't like the way that he died, but I thought it was filmed so cool the way that you saw it through navia's eyes like the reflection in her eyes i was like oh that was really cool to see it like that but it was not cool to see crixus get bad (laughs) yeah exactly and i want to talk about more of my quotes later on if i have time i just have so many i want to talk about maybe two right now but after i talk about two of these let's go ahead and bring in our caller barry duffield from new zealand so um my favorite quotes here for this episode you overstep tribune Many times each day, but not on this. And that was an exchange between Tiberius and Caesar about him raping Corey, possibly. And he had not, Caesar had not known until that moment, perhaps. And another quote from Caesar, the Romans have good quotes, and so, so, do, so do the rebels, but this is a good one I got from Caesar's mouth. Crixus, a man of equal skill and deadlier passion. It shows his fear for Crixus. And I, I thought it was just, well done quotes this episode. Was that from Caesar? That was from yeah, Caesar. Yeah, see, it shows it like, because Caesar's a good fighter too. And yeah. it shows that he, you know, Crixus should be respected. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead and uh, play that, that little clip, Martin, of our uh, okay. of Barry we'll Duffield's reel.
the man that killed Zerlus. His great warrior. And Lugo follow. Lugo! Nasir, <laughs> you will face them. We win if you keep out of way, little man. <laughs> Don't fucking call me that! young woman feels some remorse and you think i don't morgan would so uh martin do we got uh barry on the line we got him on via skype yet it is it is ringing we're it, almost there it's a ringing all right it's okay ringing ringing all right sorry oh, we're a little little just a tad bit late on calling him but hopefully he answers anyway um i do have a few other quotes to go ahead and talk about since he's not on yet but uh, hello Barry. Speaking. All right, Barry. So glad to have you on the show. Everybody, this is Barry Duffield speaking with us via Skype from New Zealand. He's joining us here at AfterBuzzTV.com to talk about his character Lugo. Barry, I'm Sean Overman, Sean O, if you'd like, and I am so glad to have you on our show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad to be here, Sean. All right. I, I almost wanted to, before you were on, I was, I was half tempted to imitate your character, Lugo. Do you mind if I try? Yeah, give it a shot. Why does Lugo not have sword and little man have sword, huh? Now try Lugo. <laughs> 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 nice, nice. I, I, I gave it a good shot, right? Yeah? The good, good old yeah, Why does Lugo not have sword and little man does? <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, man. Try in German. Oh, I can't. There's no way. I don't speak German. So, wait. Now, <laughs> since you're jumping into German stuff, do you speak German fluently? No. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you... I have trouble with English. <laughs> so, how do you prepare for each of these these lines where Lugo ends up speaking in German? Uh, they they send them to us as um, sound files. And we listen to the sound file and we just do it by rote. Oh, okay. Very cool. Very cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, most of it is not stuff that you would say in front of your mother. Oh, all right. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> yeah, so I was actually... One of my favorite, my favorite lines, Sean, had to be, Das du deserves in den Arsch fixed. And what, and what was that? In English? Yes. He said you fuck yourself in your own ass. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very cool, man. Very cool. So, uh, we have so much, so much to talk about with you. So, um, I got, um, you know what? Your German must be better than Ellen Holman's because I've gotten so many complaints on our YouTube channel and our fans about Ellen Holman's stuff. So, that, I'm so glad that you're able to do that by rote and it sounds good and people are impressed by it. And you know, Ellen's a, a German speaker. She's a natural German speaker. And I, I, I was in awe of her. Oh really? Oh, so she's a natural German speaker. Okay, all right, very cool. So you're you're one of the most fit guys on Spartacus. So th tell me about your guys' daily routine. Now, mine was different because I was a competition bodybuilder from the age of 23. So uh, I was probably one of the only guys that didn't have to have their abs shadowed in. Oh wow! 
Well, wow. I did join in boot camp with the others for the first month before we started shooting, but that was more about team team bonding. You know, so we all got to know each other and we all got to work with each other and we all got to be in pain together. Understood. Wow. So uh, out of out of all the uh out of all the exercises you guys got going on during the gladiator camps, what's your favorite exercise? Favorite? <laughs> That's a trick question, isn't it? Oh, my favorite. I don't know if I actually had a favorite. I hated them all. Um, I'm, a, I'm a weights guy. You know, I like to do that six to 12 repetitions. This stuff was just driving us over and over and over again. I can tell you what I hated. What did you hate? I absolutely hated 10 to twos. 10 to twos, like, like yeah, working yeah, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m.? No, ten to two is where they'll set up a, a like a, um, a station of ten different exercises, and then those ten exercises you do ten reps, and then you run back to the other end. You do nine reps, eight reps, seven, six, five, four, three, two, oh. and then at two, they say, "Okay, now go and do the ten again." Oh wow! Yeah, that that was killer. I I can honestly say that at the end of those days, they poured me out of the gym. Oh wow. So that was pretty much the most difficult one for you to do, right? Doing those 10 to 2s. Wow. Yeah, they were, hard. they were hard for everyone, man. I'll tell you, honestly, you talk to any of the other cast and they'll say the same thing. 10 to 2s were hell. Wow, that's interesting, man. I, I really, I, I like, I, I haven't been working out as much as I want to. You know, Spartacus has inspired me to work out more, though. Um, but I want to know what you eat and consume while you're on set and when you're training all day with the other cast members and contrast that with how you would normally eat. Like, how would you normally eat when you're doing your, uh, your bodybuilding stuff? Uh, you know, nothing really changed for me. It was pretty much the same regime. I carried everything to, to set with me. Um, the only thing that changed for me is I discovered paleo a couple of years back, and I've um, probably never been so lean as I have doing that. Oh, the paleo diet? Yeah. Oh, I love, I love, I try to do paleo as much as possible. I think I'm at like 70% compliance. Yeah, I'm around 90, but, and it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it, you know what? It, I have so much more energy every day. Like this morning, you know, I, I have, oh, go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead. You talk, Barry. <laughs> no, man, it was cool. It was exactly what you just said. I went, snap, brother. You just nailed it. It was exactly that. I've never had so much energy. You just took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, it feels like, you know, I just have, I have like a couple eggs in the morning, a banana, a bowl of berries, and that's so much better than putting wheat in your body, which ends up making you more tired later on. I notice a big energy difference between the two uh, types of diets, you know, conventional versus the paleo. Anyway, um, how did you... The same. Oh, yeah. So how did you come up with the voice for Lugo? I, I, honestly, I, what I didn't want to do, I didn't want him to have, have him sound like Sergeant Schultz. You know, the, the German accent where he does this for his language. And I, I couldn't, I just couldn't see myself doing that. Or someone said to me, uh, why don't you try and do an Arnold imitation? And I thought, oh my God, no, oh. anything but that. So I did my research on the history of the tribes, the Germanic tribes back in 73 BC. And these guys were all over the place. You know, they were Macedonia, they were, they were spread all over Europe. So I thought I wanted Lugo to sound less regional, but more European and less German. When he spoke German, you knew he was German. But even the German that we speak is still steeped in that, that history. It's still, you know, it's not the German you hear today. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It sounds, it sounds really barbaric, but I do catch on on some of the German words that I know of. And it's, it's a really, it's a treat to hear you speaking German along with your cool Germanic accent with the English or common tongue that you speak on the show. Yeah, we had, we had a, a few heated discussions about changing that so that Lugo would sound more 
like the others, and I honestly thought that would take away from his character, so I was dead opposed to it. Although, you know, it's funny enough, you, you don't get to hear a whole lot of Lugo this season, but that's because there are so many different characters who've been introduced, you know, so many different storylines that are getting woven through this. Um, we were competing for screen time without a doubt. That's uh, that, that's funny that you bring that up because I was looking for you so much this episode, and I did see you in I think three or four scenes. Uh, namely, I saw you walking around uh, in the uh, in the forest, but I don't want to talk about that scene. I want to talk about the scene where you're partying and drinking for Crixus's going away party, and you end up uh, yeah, walking into a spa filled with beautiful women while you're drunk. Eight women. Eight. Uh, eight. You try going home explaining that to your wife. <laughs> so how how difficult is that scene to do? Tell me tell me what the processes are, like what's going on behind the scenes. Like how how do you guys set that scene up, and and like you know what what's going through your mind when you're doing it? <laughs> what's going through your mind? That's an interesting question too. Um, honestly, on the day TJ Scott, the director of this episode, and, and TJ is just a genius. Oh, I don't know if you guys noticed, if- but his palette is so rich. Oh, yeah, if I could interrupt you really quick. TJ Scott, he's the one that did the uh, in-the-tub photo shoot with you guys, right? That's right. Oh, yeah, so go back to the episode, please. TJ has an amazing eye for what he wants in the frame, and and the colors are so rich and vibrant. You know, no matter how violent it gets, it's still beautiful. You're just so drawn into how much he puts in there. He just weaves this frame that just – it's – he's one of my favorites. But um, TJ came up to us on the day, and he said, listen, I have – one directional um, comment for you guys. Make this look like you're fucking. Okay? <laughs> That's all I want you to do. So I, I, I literally I sat there with the girls and I said, listen, we need to draw boundaries here because I don't want to spend my day saying, listen, I'm sorry I touched that. I'm sorry you touched this. I'm sorry that happened. And I said, so, you know, where would you like to draw the boundaries? And they said, oh, fuck boundaries. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's just go for this. So we pretty much did. Um, it was probably the closest you're going to get to, a, to actually doing it without actually doing it. So what you see on screen was fairly real, um, but they cut a lot out of it because the action was everything that was happening around it. Right. Yeah, so so they didn't dwell a whole lot on what we were doing, and it was a little disappointing. Oh. <laughs> but understandable because, you know, look, I know that it's it's all the drama that's happening around that. Yeah. So how do you prepare for that? I don't know. I was getting out of the tub. I had to prepare for it. Leaving the tub, I had to deconstruct a 454 Chevy engine just so I could get out of the tub. And that was all in my head. You know, this has got to go there. This has got to go there. And I go, okay, now I can get out of the tub. Right on, right on. Okay. So um, what what was the, um, the role that you aud- auditioned for initially on Spartacus? Was it Lugo? Yeah, it was Lugo. Um, I remember having a conversation with my agent because, you know, the first and foremost, I was a huge fan of Spartacus. You know, I loved the work of Andy Whitfield. And, and I wanted – this was the type of show that physically, you know, for my physicality that I suited. So I really felt this urge to get on. And I, I spoke to a friend who was a director on the show. And he said to me, ah, you know what? You're just not going to get on that to season one because uh, you'd be the second oldest gladiator in history. So that kind of shattered my hopes a little bit. But season two, it opened up. When season two opened and they escaped from the Lutus, it, it um, opened up for everybody and anybody. Yeah. So you know what? I'm, I'm literally, I think I was the eldest actor on War of the Damned. Wow. You know what? I think, I think you're right. And I must say, 
you do not I, I did a little bit of research i don't want to i don't want to you know say your age but dude you do not look like your age barry you look amazing man you you seriously look like you're 20 years younger than you are uh, than than 30 than 30 <laughs> let's do 30 yeah you look like that <laughs> <laughs> right on so um how did you get started with uh with acting in general uh in 1988 i got my first commercial but um that was the first time i'd ever got on screen i was one of those kids that grew up in a theater all i ever wanted to do was write or oh, be in films you know anything and everything to do with it i literally got caught at my theater in the northern territory stealing movie posters from the the foyer by the manager and the manager said to me i'll give you three choices here kid one i'll call the police two i'll call your parents or three you can work for what you're stealing and um he gave me the opportunity to learn how to run the projectors and splice film and these were the days when they had the old 35 mil hand-fed um, projectors oh yeah so you know that was, I was I was well and truly a, a real cinephile back in those days, but I was I just lucky enough that I got caught by this guy that fed that passion. And so, I, I spent the last I think I spent the last two years trying to find him again just to say thank you. Wow, that's that's quite the story. So um, so we already talked about what what attracted you to Spartacus pretty much and how you got into that. Um, on the show, who has been your favorite villain or antagonist? I loved what Ditch Davy did. You know, oh, yeah. Ditch playing Nemetes? Yes. There You're... should have been so much more of that because I honestly, I think Ditch is just a, a talent to be reckoned with. And um, I definitely, um, oh, what was his name? Um, gosh, that Vengeance, the, with Vengeance got his head chopped off. Oh, Asher. Asher, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, Asher. Nick was, uh, yeah, Nick was absolutely brilliant. Oh yeah, he was. He and uh, I was actually at the the LA premiere, and I got to watch uh, you guys go up on uh, in front of everybody and talk. And 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 uh, Robert Tappert was talking about each of the characters and how you guys and each of the actors and how you guys had uh, portrayed your certain roles and how important you each were. And he mentioned that Tiberius was going to be Asher-like or the closest thing to Asher. And there's nobody I feel that's going to come close to Asher. But uh, but Tiberius is getting there. He's getting pretty close as of this episode when he was raping, he raped Caesar. Who, who would have saw that coming? Oh, uh, you know, we did because we saw them rehearsing that just time after time after time after time. It got a little bit ridiculous. You know, you'd be having lunch and those two would be practicing over the lunch table. <laughs> nice. That's uh, and it, it looks no, so serious. Yeah. In all honesty, Christian was, is just amazing, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he really I sometimes, you know, what? How about this? Definitely, it's been a roller coaster of emotion for for Christian Antidormi and his character because he has he went from being this this kid that we kind of like we 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 don't like we we feel like he's a spoiled brat to losing his friend and we kind of feel pity we feel sorry for him and he's like okay well and we think to ourselves okay he's probably going to recover from this he's going to be a strong leader he's going to be a good good fighter a good uh, a good warrior and he ends up doing all these shysty things again and then we just hate him even more than we did before yeah, he's a bitter and twisted little youth, isn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is so far from what Christian is, which is, which makes it so amazing. Yeah, he looks like a really nice guy. And and speaking of which, obviously, it sounds like, obviously, you know, you've worked with Christian a lot. Uh, who is your favorite cast member to work with on set? Oh, hey, so tough again, because I love them all. Or they all have different traits. Same with the crew, you know, I loved all of the crew. I spent a lot of time talking to Liam. And we would talk in between between takes. I really loved Liam. Um, 
and, and it, you know, no, no, honestly, I'd say it'd be Liam. Oh, okay. You know, I had so much to carry, so much to carry on that show, yet um, we were talking, I, I would say to him on, on the occasion, I'd say, listen, you know, man, um, I've been doing this take and I'm, I'm really crapping myself because, and he'd go, hey, you know, I said, why? And, and I'm carrying the show and I, I spend... I spent some of my time being so scared of, of what I have to do next. And it, it really made – it shone a light on the fact that it doesn't matter where you are, who you are, that, um, that we all go through the same thing. So I love those talks with him. Very cool. So uh, let's go ahead and move beyond the set of Spartacus. I see that you're doing some fundraising on Indiegogo, and you're uh, fundraising for your graphic novel, Dead Man's Land. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Dead Man's Land is uh, it's a script I started writing seven years ago. It was optioned in LA for a while, for three years, to an LA producer, and, and it got close, but it didn't quite make it. It's very, very big budget. So I'm trying to get this done by going in through the back door the same way that Hellboy did, uh, Walking Dead did, by creating a fan base through the graphic novel. So I'm on Indiegogo, which is a crowd uh, crowdfunding um, website that you just go in and contribute to to help with projects that you believe have potential. Now, it's something I believe in with every fiber of my being. Yeah, it seems like a really interesting story. I read a little bit of, I guess, the synopsis on the site, and pretty much it's it takes place during World War II, right? And it's, it's about yeah. werewolves. Yeah, genetically created Nazi werewolves. <laughs> that sounds one of my favorite lines. He says, uh, "There's an Irish character in it." He says, uh, there's an, I, "I can remember the line goes, uh, uh, there's only one thing worse than a Nazi, and that's a Nazi werewolf.'" Oh, very nice. <laughs> that that one's going to be ingrained in uh, in the uh, in media culture. Watch. Uh, no, the one that'll get there will be. Um, <laughs> we know not race, color, nor creed. You all taste the same to us. That's the one that'll go. So, um, speaking of uh, of writing, you were talking about doing you know your your, your script writing it for several years. Um, what advice would you give to would be writers or like producers out there? Another tough question. Just keep plugging away at it, plugging <laughs> away and listen to every bit of advice you can get. I think that I threw the first ten scripts I ever wrote into Ben. You know, I went back and I reread them and went, "Oh my god, these are crap." Um, I'd be open to everybody's suggestions. It's a collaborative thing. Everybody will have their take on a script. Use what works for you. Listen. Very cool. Very good advice. So, um, speaking of fundraising stuff, you know, you're, you're doing that Indiegogo thing. If anybody wants to, how can they find it? How can they get to it and contribute to, um, to your cause? It's Indiegogo. Uh, and I think that's www.indiegogo. Uh, and it's Dead Man's Land completion funding campaign and all all contributions gratefully accepted very cool and i, I contributed a little bit and i saw that and it was very much appreciated sean and i definitely that probably in the next couple of weeks i definitely want to do a little bit more because i want to get that graphic novel when it's completed rather i hope it gets to a place where i can get to la and i can put that in your hands because my end goal is to get back to live in la i love that place well, let us know next time you're out here. We'd love to have you at AfterBuzz Studios and like interview you, and we'll talk about the show and your and any projects that you're going to move uh, move on to after Spartacus as well. Be sweet, brother. I'm talking to my agent about coming over there for some of the conventions, so it's on the cards. So, speaking of fundraising stuff, uh, you did you must have did such a good job raising money for the cancer research with the the in, in the tub photo shoot. So, how was that experience, and and how is it going so far? Because it's still continuing. Uh, they just finished. 
And so just closed on it. I think TJ raised just over $82,000 for it, which was phenomenal considering he was going after 30. That just gave him the opportunity now to be able to print a lot more pictures, a lot more books, and get a lot more sales for it. But, you know, hey, um, if, if you haven't seen any of the pictures for it, he is an amazing photographer. But it's, it's him. He's, uh, he's director's, got that director's eye, but he's just got something else to him that you can't explain. You just have to see his work and you just know yeah, I thought uh, that I saw the the YouTube video. I saw uh, some of the pictures that you were in. Some of the other uh, cast members from Spartacus. I must say the the women look sensual and sexy, and the men. I wish I was you guys in the tub, like posing like that, like looking amazing for the camera. It was a good day, and you know TJ makes everything so easy. We got to take our own music in with us and crank the sounds up, and um, and I got to take Alfie with me. Um, Alfie's my Labrador. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw him in the tub with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple there. He looks like he just doesn't want to be there, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny stuff. Uh, well, that's good. How, how long did it take you to do those, those photo shoots? Uh, we spent about half a day, I think half a day per person. Very cool. And you guys contributed, like, you, you just contributed your time for free, you know, because this is all going, all the proceeds are going towards cancer research, which is really yeah, awesome. And all our time was for free, and I contributed money towards his cause as well. Uh, you know, I'm like this. I, I've got something out there on Indiegogo, and, and I'm I'm so aware that other people have their projects out there, so I contribute wherever and whenever I can. Oh, that's excellent. Uh, so we're gonna hang it forward. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're gonna wrap it up here with a, a couple of last questions. Uh, what do you do in your off time when you're not doing your acting gigs? I wait for the next acting gig. <laughs> or I, I write. I'm continually pushing to keep my career moving because my agent's very good. But I'm also pushing for the things that she may not have seen or, you know, through connections that I have. And I'm um, continually pushing my scripts. So I've been script writing for 15 years. So I've got three movies that are in various stages of, de- of development at the moment. So um, I'm, I'm continually just working towards industry-based stuff very cool uh what other projects do you have in the future right now that you can talk about and share with us give us a little after buzz tv exclusive i've got one called tanduri apocalypse it's not over the line yet so it still has a little way to go but tanduri apocalypse is Shaun of the dead meets clerks in bollywood oh that sounds interesting <laughs> such an interesting T- mix tightly out there black comedy oh wow with two Indian stars, so it's 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 a little different. Okay, that sounds like it. Well, I'll definitely check that out. And if our fans, of course, watching right now, are listening to us on our podcast, if they want to find you, follow you, check out your stuff, Barry, where can they find you best? They can find me on Twitter, or they can find me on Facebook. And I, I practically live on Facebook. And what your uh, what was your uh, Twitter handle? Twitter handle is Dream Chaser. So uh, at, at it's at Dream Chaser. Dream Chaser. Dream Chaser. Yeah. Okay, so they can find you on there. And then on Facebook, I'm sure they could just type in the search bar. It'll come as um, actor-director, and that's my page. Okay, very cool. Barry, we really appreciate you uh, calling in via Skype and taking the time to talk with us about your awesome character, the most fit guy on the show of Spartacus, Lugo, and about your future projects. Thank you so much, Barry. Thank you, Sean. I hope it happens again. I'll talk to you guys if I get to L.A. Oh, yeah. We'll talk to you again sometime, and we'll, we'll let you know. I'll, I got your contact information, so we'll definitely let you know. Thanks so much, Barry. Nine and ten coming up soon, so maybe after ten. Okay. Very cool.
Thank you. Okay, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, man. So that was that was Barry Duffield, who plays Lugo on Spartacus. Awesome guy. Great conversation. Let's go ahead and uh, wrap up with our predictions. And now, <laughs> your After Buzz TV predictions. Well, I have a number of predictions to go over. Let's go ahead and make this fast. I don't have Spicy Mati here. I miss her. Anyway. Me too. So I have a... Uh, I have a hankering, not a hankering, that's for lack of a better word. <laughs> I, have a pro- I have this prediction. Crixus will have his head delivered with Navia back to the rebel camp. I think that's kind of a little bit obvious, but I'm sure we're going to see it next time. I hope that they don't empty his head out of the bag. They're probably going to be showing like just the sack and maybe the character's responses to it. Then we'll see how that goes. Tiberius will get what's coming to him. This guy is going to... He's either going to get raped himself or he's going to get impaled by something big and long and sharp. A little bit of both, maybe. (laughs) And I feel like he will die at either a Roman hand, namely Caesar's, or be trapped into like some kind of fool's errand where it's going to be in response to Caesar's will. Like Caesar is going to do something, set some kind of chain of events in motion that's going to get Tiberius slaughtered. Please let this happen. And lastly... I feel like uh, Spartacus, it looks like Sparty, Spartacus is going to have his own gladiatorial fights and he's going to use Romans, obviously, but that's what we saw on the teaser. However, I feel like Tiberius may end up there and he, he may be one of the guys that are going to be fighting for his life and we will see him killed in those games. Lastly, we will see Sparty captured next time and crucified by the next episode episode 10 following that oh i think that's gonna happen yeah probably anyway so i think that's about it for me well thank you guys you fans followers that tweeted at me i wish i could have got to all of you guys' stuff i have so many tweets from os underscore midnight underscore love that i want to talk about we got to have her on the show thank you so much for joining us here and uh, sasha montrez at love and libra underscore uh fedor sadiri alan ivanik uh at crowboy82 thanks for tweeting at me uh at boy underscore marvel at free underscore spirit underscore mom thank you guys so much for tweeting at me i'm gonna read your guys's tweets next week out if i have chances and other than that you can find me at sean austin o on twitter you can also follow me on instagram at sean uh, it's sean o and other than that we'll go ahead and talk to you guys i think in two weeks because spartacus may be off next week yeah it is i saw that so Uh, two weeks sad face man i'll be missing you guys but we'll be buzzing with you in two weeks from bing.com executive producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire afterbuzz tv staff we would like to thank you for listening to the afterbuzz tv network to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 